Welcome to episode 12 of Smells Like Teen Parent, a podcast for adolescents and the adults who annoy them. I'm your host, Jenny Debevic, a nationally certified counselor and academic consultant with 20 years of experience working with youth. In the last episode, we explored anxiety and mindfulness. And in this episode, we're diving into the science behind the value of humor in parenting. You will hear from guest expert on humor, Michael O'Brien, comedian, actor, teacher, writer, and public radio host who build stronger relationships through humor and improvisation. You will also hear from teens themselves. Are your parents funny? Yes, both of them. They tickle me. They let me go in the pool. Oh, there's like, yeah, my mom. It's always very unintentional. Like she'll just say something <laughs> like, what is going on through your head right now? Like it's very, I, like either she tries to be too like teenager and I'm like, mom, like I love it. You're like, you're so funny though. <laughs> you're really funny, but stop. Please rate, share, and download this episode. Downloading helps raise our data analytics and spread the word to our local and international communities. Your downloads allow me to create more frequent content about topics that matter. This episode is brought to you in part by NextPhase.ai. NextPhase.ai improves the quality and reliability of your enterprise data. Their service-led technology solutions are tailored to achieve your business outcomes. With over 300 global resources and 400 cloud certifications, NextPhase.ai helps you eliminate unplanned delays, overburdened data engineers, and audit findings. Transform your business with NextPhase Data Operations Services. Before we delve into the research data, let's start with a fascinating fact. Kids laugh 200 to 300 times a day, while adults laugh only 15 to 20 times a day. So how can we up our laughing game and harness the power of humor in parenting? There's so many good reasons to keep laughing through those tears. Studies have shown that laughing with your teen releases oxytocin and dopamine, those same chemicals released during some of the most delicious life experiences, giving birth, achieving a significant milestone in your life, watching a favorite movie with a close friend, or experiencing intimacy. This natural release of feel-good chemicals strengthens emotional bonds and creates positive connections. Are your parents funny? Oh, you know, I think my dad more than my mom, but there can be times when I think my mom is silly. Like I texted my mom today because during work has has a crush on a boy at camp and tried to slip him a note but you cannot say anything to her um and then she was like great i'm boyfriended out yeah so it sounds like your mom and you had this moment where you were like relating to each other about your sister yeah totally moreover humor has been found to increase pain tolerance and reduce stress by sharing laughs adult caregivers and teens can alleviate tension and create a more relaxed environment for open communication and problem solving like my dad always tries to make it like just very like humorous just to go through like life and everything like even like for serious topics it's always been like let's try and lighten it the best we can and I think it's good because it gives you more positive outlook on things instead of always diving into the negative I think having a good humorous outlook is like a good way of like moving on quickly which is like, very, I think is like, honestly, a really good skill. And the impact of humor in parenting goes beyond personal connections. Researchers have found that humor can foster a feeling of trust between parents and teens. But oftentimes, we're so busy being the boss of our kids that we forget to let our guard down and connect with them in an authentic way. Here's a parallel example. One study discovered that workers were more likely to trust a complete stranger compared to their own boss because their boss failed to use humor in their daily interactions 
with workers. Now, imagine yourself as boss of your family. As parents, developing a humorous approach can create a more trusting and empathetic relationship with our young people. Are your parents funny too, or is it just you? Okay, my parents have very different senses of humor from each other, but my brother and I both have my dad's sense of humor, which is like, it's like dumb humor almost. <laughs> Messing with each other is funny to us. They're just like really dumb things. It's like stuff like that. Like dad jokes almost. But my mom has like, she says that she has sophisticated humor. The things we think are funny are funny, but she thinks other things are funny, like things that are actually funny. To get ready for this episode, I wanted to understand what sort of science was out there on the psychology of humor. So I read a lot of, well, pretty boring research studies that left me kind of wanting to drop an anvil on my head. But here's the summary. One extensive study found that humor amongst peers is also a complex dynamic that can encourage either coping skills or aggression. According to Dr. Rod A. Martin, an expert in the value of humor, it not only boosts positive emotions, but also counteracts negative moods like depression and anxiety. Humor serves as a valuable mechanism for coping with stressful life events and enhancing satisfying interpersonal relationships. In other words, humor serves to reduce a parent's anger while diffusing tension in the child. It's a win-win. Parenting styles can also influence how humor might be employed in the parent-teen relationship. There's three basic parenting types that are commonly recognized. Permissive parenting, where parents are emotionally warm but reluctant to enforce rules or standards. This style can lead to parents feeling worn down by their kids' demands. We've all been there, right? Authoritative parenting. This is a style that's characterized by mindful management of your own energy to set and maintain boundaries. This parenting style strikes a balance and has a better chance of maintaining a humorous attitude with the kids. But yes, it does require a lot of energy. And then there's authoritarian parenting, where parents exert total control and impose harsh discipline, sometimes using sarcastic or mocking humor. Children raised in such homes may develop chronic stress or anxiety. Parents who are serious are the funniest. And in, in my opinion, the funniest thing is when someone takes himself so seriously. We're all going to end up in the ground anyway, so it's not that serious. It's really not that big of a deal. It's going to be okay. People who are like constantly think they're the best and like, which is happens in a lot of adults and who like, you know, have a sense of like narcissism about themselves because there's like a lot of insecurity. They're so funny. No matter what our dominant parenting style, using humor effectively is crucial especially when dealing with behavioral issues associated with teens, including those with ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, or conduct disorder. Also, it's essential to remember that laughter should always be about the situation, not about the person, to avoid shaming and, and fostering a positive and supportive environment. But the magic of humor goes beyond our parent-teen relationships. Research has shown that different age groups have distinct tastes in humor, and adolescents in particular use humor to bind and define their peer groups. Groups. They might dismiss younger kids' humor as stupid, or even use humor to distance themselves from very uncool parents and other authority figures. But it's all part of their eye-rolly journey to discover their own identity and independence. Are your parents funny? Mm. Nah. Are you funny? I think I'm hilarious. So <laughs> that's enough funniness in the in the family. Yeah. How about your sister? Is she funny? Mm. Oh, okay. So. You're the funny one. Do you wish they were more funny? Eh, maybe. I don't know. Sometimes when they try to be funny, it's a little too cringe, so... 
My dad is always trying so hard to be so great and the best. I mean, everything my mom does makes me laugh. It's she's so funny. Like she's and she doesn't even realize she makes. I, I don't think I've ever heard her make a joke. But she's so funny. Now here's where it gets interesting. Not all types of humor have the same effect on teens. Some humor types, like aggressive, making fun of someone, and slapstick humor, you know, pie in the face, can be associated with real-life aggression. But fear not, there's a positive side too. There's a third type of humor called coping humor, which is super important for teens' development. It serves as a coping mechanism to deal with life's difficulties by joking about frustrations and hardships. Humor not only benefits the parent-teen relationship, but also plays a role in enhancing emotional well-being and building stronger connections. It helps parents navigate the complexities of parenting, foster a sense of trust and understanding. But don't just take my word for it. Let's check in with Michael O'Brien, a comedian, writer, actor, and teacher who helps people of all ages get in touch with their funny bone and their heart. His improv workshop is one of the longest in the world. All right, well, thank you for joining me today. Uh, I'm sorry about the sound booth overheating, but I appreciate you meeting me out here outside and just to let you know, we're dealing with some sound stuff that comes from being outside in the world. But improvisation, right? Well, exactly. You have to be flexible when it comes to uh, improvisation and uh, to parenting. My life has been comedy, improvisation, writing, acting, and teaching. I'm looking at where the humor and the teaching and the parenting overlap. First of all, I'm not an expert on parenting. Now, I am the parent or was a parent of a teenage boy. Uh, he's now a, a fine adult. <laughs> and I think that one of the early ways that humor came into it was just how we bonded. And it was through silliness and playing. And I was more than willing to go there. Uh, I was thinking this week as uh, Paul Rubens, uh, Pee Wee Herman passed away. And I remember we used to watch uh, Saturday mornings Pee Wee Playhouse together and we would laugh. And then later on we'd We'd also share in watching Seinfeld. And both of those shows had humor for young people and for adults as well. And I think that helped us in a lot of ways bring together and help develop a sense of humor. And just a, a way of looking at life that, yeah, it's absurd and funny. There are some funny things in life. What makes something funny? That's a great question. I go back to the E.B. White quote about dissecting a frog you can see what the parts are but it loses its hop <laughs> and I think if you overanalyze humor that's what that's what happens something that's funny to one person is not funny to another person there are different elements surprise things that are surprise you think something's going one way and it goes another way you know this this podcast is not just for biological parents but for all adult caregivers who participate in the raising of adolescents yes. and you know whether that's as a teacher as a step parent as a partner as a neighbor right there's all different ways that we relate to adolescents and teenagers and you had mentioned something about bonding like how humor helps support that bond with teenagers i wonder if you could talk a little bit about how how you see humor bonding different people People feel more comfortable when they're around people who are smiling and laughing, unless it's crazy. If you can invoke laughter, it is disarming. And I think that helps to 
people to bond. Some, you know, tense things that happen, right, in parenting, especially of a teen. There's humor can sometimes disarm that tension, so then you can get to a place where you can then really talk about what's going on. I remember hearing from a teacher saying, I never smile at the kids until October. <laughs> and I, I think about that sometimes because when I go in and I talk to kids, I think that the fear is that if you smile or if you laugh or if you are silly that you're somehow going to lose control. If you were the parent of 30 kids, what you would have in a classroom maybe, and, and you know, maybe you would feel differently about, uh, about smiling and laughing. It's I, also an old model, right? Of just yeah. like smiling and laughing is um, that vulnerability. Yes undermines your authority. Yeah, there's so many different kinds of humor, and I don't, like, I never have thought about, oh, I'm doing an act when I'm around uh, my loved ones, right? Like, I'm not performing, you're just, you're just being yourself, and humor comes out, right? Um, I happen to like and fall into a lot of self-effacing humor, where I'm making fun of myself. It can be considered victimless humor. I'm not making fun of someone else. I'm, I'm poking fun at myself. And I think that helps with parenting, because it's saying to your child, hey, you know, I'm not perfect. Now, okay, I may be in charge, because I'm the parent, but I am not perfect, and I, here, I, can, I make mistakes too. These are things I've done. And I think it just helps to um, disarm uh, what can be more of a, you know, fighting. Power struggle. Power, yeah, exactly. Power I think struggle. that's such an important point because I think parents are often afraid of, if I show that I don't have it all figured out, this teenagers know and adolescents right. know that their parents aren't perfect. But yeah. it's almost like parents are afraid to give up that ghost because if they do, then... The whole the whole system might just come crumbling to the ground, and then who's who's running the who's running the show? Right, and we're all making it up as we go along, right? Truly, with parenting, I mean, you can read tons of books, you can listen to great podcasts like your own, which is so informative and so helpful. Parents are off their pedestal. What I see is that parents are often afraid to acknowledge that as well. And so I see that really contributing to the power struggle between teens and parents. For me, where that relates to comedy, it actually relates more to improvisation. And that is one of the, the most important parts of improvisation is listening. I think as a parent, it's, uh, it's really important to, quote, read the room, quote, the room being your children. Is this a time to, to say, hey, yeah, I, you know, I did this when I was your age or I did this later on, or is this the time to play a little bit more of a character where, yeah, I do know what's going on and this is what I, what I think you should do, or even insist this is what you should do. That might sound pretty strict. I think it's important to, to listen. A lot of times too, I learned this is that it, with parenting is, and maybe this is from watching uh, as we grew up, all the uh, you know TV shows where parents were represented, families were represented, where there's always a lesson in it, at least one lesson, right? Quite often the the show end up with some sort of lesson that you're supposed to learn. One of the most important things and something that gets overlooked is just listening. A lot of times your kids just want they just want to be heard. They just want you to listen. They don't want to hear. They really don't want to hear you dispel lessons at them. Do you think there's some parents that are just funny? Yeah, I think funniest stuff happen, doesn't happen on stage. It happens when you're around uh, the people you love. And it's just, this, there's a natural humor. I think everybody is funny. Everybody is funny. And 
This, I agree. Yeah, the natural natural humor that comes out, and kids are especially funny. And it doesn't have to do with jokes, although you know, you, when you remember, like when your when your young child learns about a joke, and they they're so excited to tell a joke, and it's just wonderful. And there's a lot going on to be able to even grasp the concept of a joke. Everybody's funny. The natural humor is the absolute best. Parents are stressed. It's non-traditional, non-nuclear families. Uh, um, parents are working more, longer hours, lots of stresses. How do parents maintain their sense of humor despite all these stresses? Carve out time for yourself and for the, for, for the whole family. Take those vacations. Wonderful stuff happens. You know, you get everybody out of their element. You're in a different uh, situation. You're relaxed. You're not at work. You're not in school. You're seeing maybe new things together for the first time. You know, you go on a road trip or you go on a family vacation, there'll be tension there too, but it's different than, like, say, the tension you have at home in a, in a normal week. And people remember that. Comedy is tragedy plus time? Yeah. The other thing they say is that uh, dying is easy, comedy is hard. <laughs> what are some of the ways that when you're teaching that you see adults changing as they, they take your classes? You know, how do they kind of infuse their daily lives with more humor? I see people change all the time and I see them surprise themselves. As far as comedy goes, I see them be surprised by They'll say something not intending to be funny, not, not meaning for it to be humorous, and they'll get a big laugh. And I think that surprises and delights them. They're like, oh, I, I, that wasn't meant as a joke, but yet it's getting, you know, it's getting laughs and stuff. It's evoking stuff. So I think it helps people get in touch with their own, it's not personality as much as maybe their point of view, their, vo their, their voice, and that's so important for comedy. And I think parents put so much pressure on themselves. If I don't raise this kid like this, and that's part of our cultural values and according to like all of this, you know, family of origin stuff, that we have to raise our kids to be a this or a that or a doctor or a lawyer or a binary or married or whatever whatever those values are but at the end of the day like this is the such a creative act it is creative I've done a lot of work in commercials and marketing and advertising and they have done studies and they know that comedy uh, the reason comedy is used in advertising a lot is that people pay attention or it gets their attention even more than fear-based marketing yes yeah and although that sometimes is good in parenting so uh, studies have shown that comedy uh, really helps to get a person, get people's attention, get the consumer's attention. Well, I think that's true for parenting too. If you can be lighter, uh, sometimes or humorous, it will get your child's attention, and then you can lead into more of a, a real discussion about some of the deeper, maybe more painful issues and stuff, and vice versa. Vice versa, that works for for children as well. When they use humor, it gets your attention, your parent, the parent's attention, and that can help guide you into talking and the discussion. Right, and they're they're knock knock jokes of the fi the five year old, six year old, seven year old knock knock jokes. Yeah are their way of getting your attention and saying, hey, recognize me. Yes, and, and it's delightful. My father used to tell the corniest jokes, but I still remember, I remember with fondness. It's just, it's, it's like, cause he would, he would delight in telling them. And maybe that's it, right? If just like finding the delight in what we're doing on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. It's not all just college applications, right. deadlines and 
make us proud. Mm-hmm. And how, what did you learn today? Viola Spolin and uh, improvisation for the theater is the Bible of improvisational comedy. And her work started, she was involved with a lot of children, very young children who were, had come to the United States and English was not their first language. This was not their, they're in a foreign land, this is not their culture. And it, it was to help them learn the language for one thing and also to socialize and be more relaxed. A lot of the games developed for children and children who are newcomers and whose language we don't speak. And isn't that to say, you know, as parents, we don't often speak the language of the adolescent. If you've ever listened to some 13-year-olds chitter-chattering, you know, it kind of makes you want to drive a screwdriver through your head, but it's also like, oh, it makes us, we have to be creative in how to relate to them because we're not going to be able to relate to them according to our zeitgeist, Mm -hmm. so to speak. They think we're terribly old and, and out of date. Here's another thing Viola Spolin talked about, and that was conflict, conflict and improvisation, and how conflict was a device for generating stage energy, but it's no good unless conflict later gives way to problem solving. Well, it's pretty easy related to parenting. If it's if it's just conflict, it's just a fight. It, and But if you're, if the, if the idea is that there's going to be problem solving, meaning not here I am, the parent, I'm going to solve your problem, but we're going to solve our problem as a family. Uh, I think it's, I think it's very helpful. Well, and, and the big thing of improvisation, it's always yes and. How do you get to how do you get to that? How do you get to the yes part? And that can be hard, right? Oh. Because parenting, it is painful. It's painful to watch our kids become aware and to suffer. Yeah. Like inevitably, that's this gateway of adolescence is them walking through, being able to think abstractly, seeing the world, seeing yeah. the injustices of the world, yeah. and feeling frustrated with that, angry, hurt, self-absorbed in a way that adolescents are, and that's okay. When it comes to comedy, and performing and acting, all that. You know what I tell people? It's just be yourself as a parent and as and as a teen too. Just, you know, be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself. What is that? I mean, you know, like as adults, we're like, we are ourselves, but we are so, unless we really cultivate self-awareness and self-care, we're really being run by the messages and expectations of the outside world. I agree. That's a great question. It's a lifelong uh, search a lifelong quest to uh, who am I? How can I be myself? Some people grow up and where uh, feel like they can be themselves. They feel like they do have to live up to all these other expectations. Or they come from a culture that values collective thinking versus mm-hmm. individualistic thinking, right. which I think you and I were probably both raised, you know, from a more individualistic Absolutely. culture. But it does seem like no matter what cultural background we're from by encouraging parents to care for themselves and to you know explore who they are it allows them to be to develop that lightness of of parenting of just being curious about where is this gonna go you hit on something great and that is taking care of yourself there is so much stress don't feel like you can't put it on pause a bit of course when you're parenting you really can't put it on pause but don't don't feel like you're being too selfish by carving out some time for yourself or, or finding to keep going faster and faster and faster. Faster yeah. and faster is not the answer. Yeah. It really, I know it feels like that. Yeah. But it's not the answer. Yeah. Sometimes just holding still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not saying anything will let the scene 
go where it needs to go. So much is nonverbal. People think it's some uh, witty duel, a uh, verbal duel between people. Of how can I top you with my snappy comebacks? And uh, it really, there's so much is communicated non-verbally. Such strength. Yeah, to it just is. stand in the silence. I guess, like, really, how is humor love? Humor is love because it's a, it's a gift. You're giving of yourself without fear of what you're going to get back. But you're hoping for laughter, uh, hoping that it'll be received well, but to, to, when you do it, it's just like, I'm giving this to you. You're giving something of, your, of yourself. Also saying, life is weird. Life is weird, it is chaos, it's confusing, it's mixed up. There are times when I have no idea what the hell is going on. Yes, it's true, I'm your parent and I'm in charge of you, but you know, let's hope we can all get through this together. You can also tune in to the O'Brien and Bolt podcast and learn more at themichaelobrien.com. It's no joke. The science of humor and parenting is clear. It's a powerful tool that enhances emotional well-being, strengthens relationships, and helps cope with the challenges of raising adolescents. Even if you don't consider yourself naturally funny, you can enhance a situation by breaking into laughter or into song, exaggerating a situation, speaking in an accent or a funny voice, using reverse psychology, or even busting out some costumes or props. Anything you do that changes the rhythm of the parent-child dynamic can ease tension and reconnect the two of you where it matters. When your child is expecting something else, your lecture, a stern warning, or a punishment, you can reset the tone and facilitate positive outcomes using an element of surprise. And with all the surprises of parenting, isn't it nice when we can surprise them once in a while? Well, that's all for this episode of Smells Like Teen Parent. Thank you, Michael O'Brien, and to my student contributors who are getting ready for their college applications. Join me for the next episode about transgender youth, where we're going to delve into how we as adult caregivers can build more understanding around gender identity and sexual orientation and answer some of the common questions families have about transgender youth. Thank you to all you listeners and for sharing, rating, and downloading this episode with your community. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be free from suffering. And don't forget to wear sunscreen every day. 